0: say never cut a corner. That's the wrong way. The cost ain't worth it if you want to make it perfect. So I'm going to slay. More as if I'm Shantae. Dante's Inferno level 7. They get burned. I try to sell them. So of course they're salty like a phosphate. Horse playing all day. I'm forcing them to prostrate. Proposing to the game while you're a bridesmaid, the closest that you frauds may come is if you rock me in a cosplay. Continue podcast episode one hundred and friggin two. One hundred two? Is that how many of these we've that done? That sounds right. <laughs> I have to look this up now. Uh, My name is Anthony John Agnello. Today's Slow Jam is uh, yeah, Is is actually topical. It's actually topical. That is... uh. The song 100% by the rapper known as Samus uh, who was actually here's a little deep cut tribute. Samus her hip hop career began in 2016 and she was going to be uh, one of our first musician guests on the Games Radar streaming show. She was actually going to come to my own and we were going to play Mario Kart together and then uh, that show ended. <laughs> <laughs> but she's a she's she's a metroid themed rapper and we're gonna be talking about all kinds of freaking metroid shit today yeah there's Uh, yeah
1: some metroid happened. there's
0: metroid happening my name is anthony john agnello uh with me is staff roberts dave roberts uh so
1: uh, you know how like with the pandemic being how it's been the show must go on we have to release product Sure. Uh, But all of the products are like, okay, you give us $200 now and we send it to you. Yeah. And we, both of us have like at least six of these, right?
0: I'm, I'm at two. I, I've got, I've got, uh, I, you know, Polymega, a very real console. Right. Uh, They're shipping. There, there are, there are at least 10 of them. There are 10, there are at least, they made at least 10 consoles. Uh, and, see, and, the, and the
1: pocket, right?
0: Yeah, it's very funny. Uh, like it, you, The joke used to be that Polymega was the fictional console and Analog was surely the one that was real. But Polymega exists. <laughs> and like There are a set number of them. They're giving them to people who pay yeah. for them. And The pocket still is ephemeral. Uh, and they're announcing a new product on Saturday. What are, yeah. they- what are you doing? Stop it, Analog. But-
1: Anyway, what I was saying, though, was that one of the things that I ordered is finally shipping.
0: Oh! Uh, My
1: Game Boy Advance Consolizer uh, that that I I ordered in April. (laughs) (laughs) I have a tracking number. It's officially at UPS and is on the way. Uh, I'm very excited to put this together. Uh, Basically, just takes the main board from a Game Boy Advance and you solder... uh, a chip that uh, scales the video output to 720p, outputs it in HDMI, and you can plug in a Super Nintendo controller and you can play Game Boy games on your television.
0: That sounds awesome. It's, that yeah. sounds great.
1: Uh, supposed to supposed to pass the time until the Pocket got here, <laughs> and then the Pocket was supposed to come out in October, and then that got delayed. And was it
0: was October the actual original date? It or was, was, was originally
1: it? May. Yeah. There you go. And then they pushed it to October because uh, a big old ship got stuck in the Suez Canal and then now it's they're saying the latest is December.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'll I will believe that when I see it. It's fine. In my they, hands. They better open pre orders for a third console that well, they've never released.
1: <laughs> well, they haven't even opened pre orders for the second console that they announced. The duo oh, that
0: that didn't have I thought they I thought they like were told people to give them money for their turbo graphics thing. Oh no no not yet. Okay. I think they,
1: they learned their lesson with the pocket. <laughs> so I wonder I wonder if the only reason they took pre orders for that thing was because one they literally had nothing to sell in their store for I was like, just gonna say they a had to year. it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they Maybe had to might need some funds to pay for Float us somehow but <laughs> dad daddy needs funds. Daddy needs a way to keep posting Gifts of uh, mystical ninja for Game Boy on our Twitter account got to cost. It costs green dollar bills. <laughs> so anybody listening right now has probably noticed that there has not been an audible sigh from Susan Arndt <laughs> extending across at least the last five minutes. At least, uh, Susan is in the middle of relocating to a different state. Uh, in the the glorious physical and mental. Yeah. Probably just possible. well if you're in the state of Texas, yes. You're you're you are engaging in psychic warfare at some <laughs> level, right? Like the moment you between, get there. Yeah, between the weather,
1: the local politics, uh-huh, the you know, the
0: desert. I mean, there are people who love the desert. I'm not one of them. No. No. Are you, you, I you Any mean, anytime you move to a state where you walk into a fucking Perkins and the waitress has a gun uh, next to her apron. That's, that's a, you gotta adjust to that. We just, we call that Arizona living my friend. (laughs) That's true. I say that, I say that like rural upstate New York is any different. There is a house not too far from mine that has in front of it. And like, I badly want to knock on the door, but I also don't want to get shot with rock salt in the chest Uh, they have hanging outside their house a flag that is half the United States flag and then half the Confederate flag. And I, I want. I'm so confused. I'm so confused. uh, Like, I genuinely want to like go to the door and be like, "Is this an Andy Kaufman style prank?" (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, are you? You're stupid. (laughs) Like, is this like a fucking Tony Clifton thing where you're trying to see if you could cause a car accident by forcing cognitive dissonance no, on these, somebody? No, these
1: colors don't run, dude. <laughs> the, wait. They don't?
0: Take the no, South will rise again, dry, dry join the normally. United States. Like, Is it like a bid for her? I don't know what they're getting yet. But anyway, Susan is not with us. And ultimately... That that's probably for the best, because Susan aren't hates Metroid, or at yeah. least hates hearing about Metroid, and you're gonna have to hear a lot about Metroid, because both Dave and I have played uh, Metroid Five, aka Metroid Dread. Don't do that. I did it. I did it. fucked <laughs> like a fucking dork. <laughs> um, if if it would,
1: if Metroid Five mattered as a number. There would be easy ways to purchase and play Metroid One through Four.
0: That's so. That's true. I do. The, Other than breaking out the old Wii U. <laughs> Ooh, look, M. Two scanned the manuals for Metroid Zero Mission. That was nice of them. Uh, <laughs> I I will I will say before we even really start talking about Metroid Dread, I love their commitment. To this twenty-five-year-old yeah. formula, like mm-hmm. su- starting with Super Metroid, like the formula is here is the you turn on the game, it will tell you that this is a numbered sequel. Yeah, but it even will the, not like, have nowhere that on the box, ter- or the, the instruction box.
1: manual, or oh, nowhere, nowhere. It nowhere says that it's numbered. Only, and when yeah, you turn it on,
0: and then you will get an intro. That is like like a, a diary entry almost of text and and lightly animated still images. And in Super Metroid, it was Samus like telling you, "Be like, hey, some shit went down in a Game Boy game a few years ago, <laughs> uh, and this was that was that was all about." And here's me shaking a hand with a guy. He doesn't seem to mind that I'm a tank person, and I give him a jellyfish in a cup. And then you, <laughs> the game begins. <laughs> the same You're just saying in, things that happen. <laughs> yeah. The same thing. That's it. Samus lets you know what's up. And then the same thing happened in Fusion. I love like that this is the way story is presented in this world coherently. But I also love the way that Dread immediately flips out
1: on its head. Mm -hmm. because the way that all of the other games start out is, like, you're in your ship, you land, you get out, and it's like, okay, you gotta explore. This one, no, you're at the bottom, you gotta get out.
0: Yes. Like, shit has gone
1: bad. uh, In a way that, like, I really, like... It it sets a mood, like, instantly.
0: The, The entire first... So, okay. So, Metroid Dread... This is the first of the 2D Metroid games that has been made, really, since 2004. There is Samus Returns, which is by the same team, Mercury's team. Yeah. Uh It's fine. I, I want to go back and listen to... Because we had just started Continue. Like We'd only made a oh, few yeah. episodes when Samus Returns came out, and I want to go back to our conversation. I was not very hot on it at the time, because... Unlike the rest of the world, I have a very healthy skepticism of Mercury Steam and their works. <laughs> uh, I don't know if anybody here... I know... The, oh, no.
1: The, the Mercury Steam has a long history of making games that, like, you, you want to go like, oh, that's I
0: see what you're doing. Right. You're not, right. not quite there. You're not quite there. You're, you're close. And, like, <laughs> like, 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 this goes all the way with Clive Barker's Jericho, kids. Oh, I'm like, wow. The, every time Mercury Steam goes out... There's something there that is pure and good, buried under a tide of incompetence. And I know that there are people listening that like are like, Lords of Shadows, really good. Be like, yeah, I love Shadow of the Colossus fan fiction, too. That doesn't make no, you it good. Uh, you
1: only like it because Hideo Kojima like, was in a video that said, I'm producing this game, even though he probably just put like sign his name to it.
0: It was already like mostly done yeah. when it became a Castlevania game in 2010. It was almost finished. I I all of their games up to Samus Returns and including Samus Returns are just wrong in some way. Like I will
1: say like I think that Metroid Returns would at least be like pl- more fun to play. Sure if it was on switch because the
0: the 3ds like circle pad ain't doing it any favors so we'll we'll get to that because (laughs) metroid dread was so good and i i got to i like i had played about three hours of dread and i was like am i insane is this really that good and i was overly harsh on samus returns and so i just turned it off Went in my room, got the 3DS out, and started playing. Like a scientist, it. you put on your lab coat. Yeah, I put on my lab coat and I got out my wipe board. There's a, there's a scene, there's a whole episode of Parks and Recreation that is about Roblo convincing everybody that works in the Pawnee, Indiana town hall to stop serving hamburgers and start making turkey burgers. And, uh,. Nick Offerman's character is like, this is a crime against freedom. How dare you take away hamburgers? And they decide to have a cooking contest where Rob Lowe makes this turkey burger recipe he's been working on for uh, like a decade And they'll decide, is the turkey burger better or is it just, you know, the cheap old hamburger? And, like, he slaves over this thing. He goes and gets gourmet spices and all of these little garnishes and everything. And he spends an entire day making it. And Nick Offerman goes off and gets, like, the cheap grade Z meat from, like, a strip mall. And just, like, flips it on a grill and puts it on a bun with no adornment. And... Everybody during the taste test is like, "Oh, this turkey burger is amazing! Oh, the, the the depth of flavor, the umami." And then they take one bite of the cheapo hamburger and are like, "No, nope, no, nope, it's better. Never, mind. Never <laughs> mind." And Rob Lowe like finally acquiesces to trying the shitty hamburger, and he's just like, um, "Yeah, it's better. All right, it's better. That's better. Definitely, this is the experience of playing Dread and Samus Returns back to back." I turned on Samus Returns. And within thirty seconds, I was like, "No, nope, this is fucking horrible." <laughs> <laughs> and so, so to, to why it is so horrible is like you're saying. Like when dread starts, it starts with such a fucking bang. The entire, it goes hard. Yeah, like t- talk about talk about that very first room. Like Samus is crashed. She is on this planet that she has been like tricked into coming to, essentially. Uh, because the X-parasite the natural like the the Metroid's natural food source on the planet SR388 ran rampant in Metroid Fusion and infected her and this is like a parasite that can mimic any living organism and you think at the end of Fusion that Samus has wiped all of those out in addition to all the Metroids but somebody sends her a note kevin spacey from seven style and it's like ooh, here's one on this weird planet and she's like yeah i gotta go check that out and her her uh robot dad <laughs> her robot dad the commander adam right. who her, sounds much
1: different than i had in my head not, from fusion <laughs> not how i thought he sounded in fusion
0: uh apparently very like very creepy though like i kind of like it can can computers be heavy smokers and then need to get (laughs) Uh, samus don't do what i did tobacco (laughs) is wacko if you're a teen Uh, that's that's the those are cutscenes from other m if anybody hasn't played other m but yeah, Adam. Adam is saying to Samus in the intro to Dread, "Do not go there. There's no profit in this. You're a bounty hunter. <laughs> it's apparently not very good. No, no, she sucks at getting paid. Sucks at getting paid. Uh, so yeah, what what happens when she when she crashes?
1: So she, she gets like, down on this planet, but like yeah, so like she lands on the planet, and then it just cuts to black, and then it opens back up with her." waking up in like a different suit of armor Mm -hmm. right no no she's she's in in the
0: same she's in that like the blue yeah upgraded version of the fusion armor but
1: she's lost all of the powers that she got from fusion Mm -hmm. uh and and she's just at the bottom of of the planet and and knocked out she has a flashback like something attacked her she does know why uh, and the only direction that she has from Adam is like, you got to get back to your ship. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. all the way up here.
0: She does. And like, she immediately gets jacked by uh, Michael Keaton's Birdman. Like yeah. immediately <laughs> a large, yeah. large Birdman. I love, I like, again, the, the, the fact that this game is so accessible to anyone. They're like, here's the setup. Yeah, don't worry about it. you have to you're a space person who needs to get back to your spaceship and have fun. But the depth of sort of uh, love and affection for the series that's there, if you have that familiarity is so cool. Mm-hmm. Like we y- you never really see living bird people. in the story of Metroid, like what you see in the manual is that Samus was raised by a race of bird people who made her special armor. And that's why you find like bird people, statues holding weapons and upgrades and things that work with that armor. She's constantly exploring parts of their civilization that has been taken over. But now at the very beginning of this game, you see one of these Chozo people like alive for the first time. And it's Mm -hmm. weirdly surprising. And uh, I, I, something that is so cool about Metroid dread to me is in the same way that Metroid prime, Reflected a sort of understanding of what made these games so cool and captivating in the first place, in a way that the people that originally made them did not seem to understand, <laughs> and then made something <laughs> very new and different with them. That mm-hmm. is that is dread. Dread does that to a, a freaking t. I so Dave, you beat it before I did. You blasted through it. And something that is very interesting is you sent me a text message and said, I like this game, but it's it's hard in a way that I do not come to Metroid for. Yes. And so I feel like we're going to get to spoilers and spoiler stuff. And we'll we'll mention that because I know a bunch of people uh, in our audience are playing it and haven't beaten it. Why why do you say that in like a non-spoilery way? It's just the the focus
1: on combat and reaction in combat mm. like that it's constant uh is very uh draining. <laughs> <laughs> like like it's a lot. Like not, like not only is the game like really about evoking the sense of dread which it does a very good job of i mean it's in the name so it's like you you gotta you gotta do it and they do and they do that through the like the the stealth encounters with the emmy which um which we can we can get to
0: i love them I love, I love them, them too so much
1: and I and I, I would not love them if they forced you to go back to the checkpoint or to the save point whenever you died and I think that's the main reason why I was able to stick through it even when the game got really hard because there are like there are lots of boss fights in this game a lot of mini boss fights a lot of larger boss fights uh, and if you die rather than getting sent back to your save point, you just get to start the boss fight over again and you're like right outside the room or something it's like it's it's inconsequential and the thing is is that in metroid dread you will die so much more in this game than i think i've ever died in like all of the other metroid games combined
0: mm-hmm.
1: It and a lot of that just has to do with the fact that like it's not a game about, like, okay, so here's the big boss a- enemy alien guy. Here's his big red spot. He has a couple of attacks. You dodge, you shoot him with missiles, and then he just dies. And it's, like, it's it's tricky. It's hard. Uh, they it, it can be hard, but it's never, like it it never feels like it's not like a like a like a ninja gaiden game right like right. it's not like no. it's not it's never trying to be that game
0: it's not like it's, it's not sekiro or anything right. like that where, where yeah. it's just like oh did you just commit 45 minutes of your life to trying to get to a boss and then w- the the one main boss that you yeah, find the, the to, phases or oh. yeah
1: the, the the one frame that you have to counter his attack before his instant kill move hits oh no no, no. it the, this games were never like that
0: yeah dread kind of is <laughs> see now that it's it's so that is so fucking interesting to me because i part of the reason that i hate Samus returns and uh, why I had, like, the hamburger moment of being like, this is better, this is this is so much better, is that Samus Returns is where they sort of introduced this emphasis on combat and Yeah, cou- the counter, counter Mc- moves. Yeah, yeah,
1: specifically.
0: So in Samus Returns and in Dread, enemies will, like, flash and rush you after they flash. And you are supposed to press a button that allows you to sort of, like, bat them away and leave them open to an instant kill. And the thing is, is in Samus Returns, and this is every other game Mercury Steam has ever made, it's very rigid and halting. First of all, every enemy in Samus Returns does it, not some of them. Which, like, the fact that I encountered enemies in Dread that were just like animals hanging out and weren't going to like automatically be aggressive, like, oh, you (laughs) learned your lesson automatic improvement <laughs> only some enemies do this in dread in samus returns in the very first hallway you go down there will be like two flying enemies that will be like flash flash and you physically can only counter one of them right Like no matter mm-hmm. what you're going to get smoked and i died constantly in samus returns because it's every enemy you meet is hyper aggressive and you have very little protection from them, and so unless you're doing these perfect like stop moving and then counter, you're screwed. Whereas, yeah, it's
1: very halting.
0: Yeah, like it's it's very like staccato. It's like dot, dot dot. In dread, there are a lot of enemies. Like you need to get good at countering. Mm-hmm. However, a you could kill them with your regular gun, like it pretty quickly. You could just kill. You just shoot things, and they'll stop being. And you cannot do that in dread. Everything will just soak up punishment. And also, dread like, is so much more fluid. You never have to stop moving. Like the, the fact in fact,
1: you you actually get more damage in if you're moving while you counter.
0: Yes, and it's awesome. Yeah. Like it creates this great sense of momentum. And I found myself doing in dread what I used to do in Super Metroid and Fusion which is just like i'm just gonna get through the room you just go yeah if i don't have to engage i'm not going to and
1: it's not necessarily the like the moment to moment enemies that i really have a problem with because again like once you get in that like that you understand what it's trying to do you get into a flow state and then eventually like once you get like the screw attack
0: oh you're unstoppable you're just
1: you're just blowing through shit and like that's when like you, you, like and they really do nail that feeling of like mopping up collectibles as just this like uh what used to be like a really uh um, halting labyrinth of like okay i have to go to this elevator to get to this part and just no inconsequential you can get
0: anywhere yeah um and it's awesome. which is really like, cool you, it's you the you'll feel, it you feels so powerful by the end of mm-hmm. this game. you feel insanely powerful and like It's weird in the, in the old games, you would get to that level of empowerment and you didn't have to keep using any of the stuff that you used to survive before. Mm -hmm. Whereas in dread, I liked the fact that, you know, you, you have such an expansive set of new moves that have never been in the series. Like you have like a dash, like a Mega Man X style dash move and i mm-hmm. never stopped using that or like the invisibility which i love too like yeah like, well the, and but
1: that ultimately comes to like one of my problems with it is that like especially it's mostly in the boss encounters where mm-hmm. it's like the game it, it's so fast and it's so like it, it feels like a character action game as far as and, and not like because like metroid games as especially like super metroid Uh, slower paced you know like it's still an action game but it's a much slower paced whereas this definitely feels like like boom 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 and it's like you have so many neat and interesting tools at your disposal and you can use them both in traversal and combat but like the encounters especially in bosses require you to put so many of those skills together at once that like I got claw hands <laughs> cuz I was playing on on my Switch Lite and it's like okay so if you need to lock in place to aim freely you have to hold the left trigger mm then it's like, oh, this enemy only takes damage with missiles. So you have to hold the right trigger to activate your missiles. Okay. Then I have to use the left stick to aim. Then I have to use the Y button to shoot my missiles and hope that I get the aim right because I have a two-second window to get as many hits in before he tries to attack me. And then I have to immediately switch my frame of mind from aiming missiles by with my claw hands to now pressing the A button and flicking the analog stick to dodge out of the way or wait for the timing window to press X. And it's like, once you get it, uh, and again, maybe it's just me, like not wanting to have this sort of growth in a Metroid game where it's like, you're going to die 10 times, but once you get it, it's like, Oh, now, like if you replay the game, you go to that boss, like easy, boom, Mm -hmm. done 30 seconds.
0: You get it. Um, but like I, I don't know. It felt so good. <laughs> it it feels. I so you,
1: you. But again, s- it's like that's not really why I come to Metro. I come for the like, let me figure out your weird puzzles and collect all of your items. The, I too. don't want like a twitchy game because if I go back and replay Metroid Fusion, it feels very comfy. It feels very cozy. Metroid I can finish Fusions, it in two hours. Th-
0: those bosses are those bosses like you said you'd like died in this more than you've ever died in a Metroid game-hmm I will never forget playing Metroid Fusion for the first time in 2002 I got like sitting behind like just like a stream of foul language coming out from behind my family's Christmas tree because I'm sitting there with like you know my my game boy, my launch game boy Advance and like a desk lamp over my shoulder so i can even see being like you motherfucking asshole piece of shit because the bosses infusion are so relentlessly punishing that it took yeah, that the... gravity one's kind of a so there there are three there's a spider that you get i think it's you get like the ice missiles from the spider or something but there's this giant spider No, you get the space jump from it because you blow up the spider and then it flies. Its legless torso twirls in the air forever. You have to shoot it just right in the mouth. And every time it touches you, it takes away like two energy tanks in one hit. That one, there's a giant, like, for some reason, the computer that comes alive and falls in love with people in electric dreams is a boss in Metroid Fusion. (laughs) And there's also a tank there's like a sentient tank and you have to fight it twice and you fight it once and like it looks like a tank and then the next time there's a giant brain inside of it and you have to shoot the brain and those bosses I, I died over and over and over again fighting them back in the day and it was even worse in Metroid Prime 1 and 2 like why I loved the boss fights in Dread so much and full disclosure and Dave, you you said this when we were talking about it. I was like, I don't get it, because up until really the final boss of the game, I just wasn't like I died like once per boss fight, and it was like, all right, I got the pattern now. And like, <laughs> you you returned this game. I, it happened, somehow it happened again, and then it it took me seven tries to do the final boss. That's it, seven tries, and the time that I finally did it. I was actually talking to three friends on the phone and it was like our old school streaming days where I needed to just like have like a little bit of destruction and then I didn't like, <laughs> nail it. But otherwise, yeah, like every other boss, I died a couple of times uh, at the most. And I just didn't have that problem with this. And the boss fights are once you've learned the pattern Mm-hmm. Or what you have, like, because they're like, the thing that I really like about this is it almost reminds me of the original Contra in terms of, or, or like classic Mega Man, where it's, there are like behaviors that the bosses have rather than a pattern where you have to do this at this exact time, this at this mm-hmm. exact time. Like Metroid Dread does a thing where the boss has certain behaviors, they have tells for those behaviors, and once you recognize the tells, you can react accordingly. And, uh, like, it's not like a, a Metro uh, Contra 3 where it's like, you need to be in this exact spot shooting at this exact position, otherwise you'll never get through the boss fight. It's not that kind of memorization. And once you know those things, the bosses go down so quickly. And if you do die, you can restart on them so quickly. Yeah. That it's, like, man, so a couple of weeks ago... I started replaying Metroid Prime Two for the first time a very very long time, ten years, and that game is great. You know, it's it's really funny. I I feel like, you know, if if Nintendo did decide to re-release the Metroid Prime trilogy on Switch, like they probably at this should point have done. I
1: feel like they're it's like Earthbound where they're not, or like Mother Three where they're just not doing it out yeah, of spite. At, a, at it, this point, it's the only explanation.
0: <laughs> like, if they did, I think that game would be so much more well-received in 2021 than it was in 2004, because it's sort of, like, sense of oppressiveness and challenge is very in vogue now. Mm -hmm. But, like, that game is challenging. However, the boss fights are the worst part of all the Prime games, because they're endless, and all those bosses are pattern-based, and you just have to sit there and, like, Get punished for 10, 15 minutes while you wait for like one opening to appear. Whereas, yeah, and if you miss it, yeah, good, good luck. Yeah, read a better go get a book. Make a sandwich while you wait for the boss to do that shit again. It's just annoying. It's not like challenging. Whereas yeah. these bosses are very swift and challenging, and like you've got to be just in. Yeah,
1: in there. I do. I do wonder. If, yeah, that maybe, like, my ease of replaying games like Zero Mission or Fusion or whatever is just because I have played them a lot. Right. And so maybe a second playthrough... I don't know. It's... We'll see. I gotta give it some time, yeah. Uh, because like uh, for a lot of the bosses, it, like like I know the last boss, I had to like physically step away from the game for like two or three hours just to let my like mind sort of piece together <laughs> all of the moves. You know, like you know, like when you step away from a puzzle for a day and you come back and you're like, oh, I can solve this. It's because your brain has been like refiguring everything in in your head to like let you attack it with fresh eyes uh i feel like i had to do that a few times over the weekend that i was playing it to just like because otherwise i i i probably would have been a lot more frustrated with it than i was because Mm -hmm. it, it like at times it's just like oh god he has got to take like 10 fucking missiles and i got to hit his <laughs> fucking reflex thing and oh i missed it again and so now there go two energy tanks and now i uh, cuz you do more damage when you get the reflexes too and that also usually gives you extra missiles and yeah.
0: health i was actually just going to say the the thing that i it, it took me a while to realize is that the game in that final boss i guess spoilers now like like we're we're going to we're going to talk a little bit about like the actual boss, and I, I want to get your thoughts on like some of the story stuff too. Uh, that fi- that final boss, you don't ever need to regular attack him. He has three phases, and the only phase that you should do- be doing regular attacks is the second one, because yeah. the first one, like shooting him at all, is just like a waste. Like only the counters are really going to do significant damage, and you only have to do it a couple of times. So it's like you just focus on dodging, and this, it's weird. Like, I find that people have a very different reaction to this game depending on how they played. I was talking to a really good friend of mine who was playing at the same time as us, and he finished the game with, like, 35% item completion. What? Right. How? And, like, I was like, how? What? And he was like, yeah, I, I refuse to finish the final boss. It's too hard. And I was like, are you not going back and yeah that's that's things? what i did
1: i got to the final boss and i was like uh this is this might be too hard <laughs> this <laughs> game might just be too hard and then yeah like it that that was part of it was i was like okay we're gonna step back we're gonna take two hours we're gonna go mop up everything else and i got all the other items and i came back and it was still hard it took me like five extra times but i feel like just that act of like again just removing yourself from the situation And giving yourself some time to breathe and think about how best to defeat him, uh, I think, really helps. Uh, And then, yeah, because then you get the pleasure, too, of, like, having everything and getting to just... Right, just wrecking the world.
0: I I will say something that I also really liked about this game, too, is, uh, like, I, man... So when they announced this, I was like, "Oh no, not Mercury Steam!" No, Mercury's they're team. gonna they're gonna make you think they're making a Metroid game, and it's gonna be linear from That's, beginning to I, end. God, please don't do this. And then the moment that they were like, "And the Emmy creatures are indestructible things that chase you," was like, "You fuckers, this is gonna be terrible." And then like the <laughs> Emmys were kind of my favorite part of the game (laughs) (laughs) nothing
1: like a forced stealth sequence to make you think it's 2003 again
0: right and mercury steam committed the greatest forced stealth sequence atrocity in history fucking lords of shadow 2 all the way until the end it forces you into these 45 minute long forced stealth sequences where dracula Dracula, the most badass monster in history, has to be a rat. And then these assholes that look like fucking WWE fanboys with bazookas can one hit kill you just repeatedly. Mercury Steam's crimes are limitless. <laughs> <laughs> and yet in this, like the Emmy like you you every area you go to has this pocket that these Emmy robots are stalking and eventually you find out that like the sort of artifice of that is intentional spoiler like every everybody just for the next 10 minutes or so there's going to be spoilers for metroid dread so skip ahead 10 minutes uh, they're there like because the entirety of this story is Sandus was trapped on this planet she was lured there and trapped there to try and force her into these encounters Uh, because spoiler fucking samus turns into a metroid yeah (laughs) and it's fucking
1: awesome it's awesome it's really cool it's really fucking cool
0: (laughs) it's awesome and so like all of these these robots these killer robots are there to try to put her into a fight or flight instinctual response to like you know activate these new powers from her uh, it's you know it's the it's the jump sequence from The Matrix uh, over mm-hmm. and over again. And I love that the Emmys force you to like not dawdle in exploring. Like it's like you don't have time to slow down. Plump yeah. forward. You will escape you will get a chance later. You'll get your um, time. I also
1: I also extremely love that they tell you up front you can, like, if these things catch you, yes. there's a 99% chance you will die. You can counter them, yes. but it's random. So uh, you want to avoid them. And the thing, I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. I'll be, able-. no, no, I was able to counter them uh, other than, like, the first time you see them when, like, the story mm-hmm. requires you to counter them to escape. A grand total of two times.
0: <laughs> oh, that's it? I got, I yeah. got it pretty good at it i like it's, i got pretty good no, at it like
1: it is legitimately hard yes to get out once you're you're ca- and i love that they committed to that like it's oh, awesome because again like if there are stakes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now it's not just like oh there's there's this thing that i have to avoid and i can just get out like well, fucking whatever like no like like my approach was usually just to, like, book it through an area, but, yep. like, there, you have the ability to, um, to go invisible eventually. You have mm-hmm. all of these other abilities available that allow you to evade capture. Uh, and again, getting captured, like, yeah, it's annoying and it sucks, but, like again it's not it doesn't deposit you at the last spot you saved it just puts you right back outside the room
0: so smartly paced so like the the fact that it really considers where these checkpoints should go because it's like yeah this is going to be hard we're going to guarantee that you can restart lightning quick and you'll never feel overly penalized or like your time is being wasted it's so considerate of your time and then makes the desire to spend that time going back and finding everything as you're empowered really rewarding all on its own. Like, it's... You get to a point where, like, I was getting energy tanks and didn't really feel like I needed them anymore. Like, especially in the final boss fight uh, against uh, Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law, it's... You're you're not... You're... You're, like, if you get hit once, you're losing a couple of energy tanks. Like, it's Mm -hmm. not, like, a little bit more energy is going to be, you know, the game changer there. But finding stuff is so fun, and it's fucking awesome that Dread goes back to the thing that Super Metroid and Fusion and Zero Mission did, where they're like, yeah, you can get—there are tons of items that are just hidden, and you will have fun finding them. And then there will be other ones— that you will look at and be like i don't know how to get that at all and it requires you to pull off the most insane trick moves with the mechanics that like you just wouldn't think to do that like at the end of the game you're finding items that are like cornered in a ceiling hidden by one block that can only be destroyed by your speed boost and you're like, but, there's, there's no ste- way to get up
1: there with the speed boost.
0: Dude, I found one. And it was like, it was the moment I was like, I'm not hundred percenting this. I'm just not doing it. Like we're back into zero mission and fusion territory where I'll just be happy with my 85%. I'll get a solid B in <laughs> completing Metroid. Bs get degrees. Yeah, dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> and like, it was, there's a, like a vertical cave in one of the early uh, parts of the map. God, I love this map. I love this map. I love the trains, like the trams that go between them. Everything about this, the mood of this game is so fucking awesome. And so I go back. There's this vertical cave and there's a like super missile tank. You get 10 missiles if you get this tank in the middle and it, like, there's a narrow sidewall that is all speed blocks. And I'm like, oh, yeah. What, what do you even want from me? Like, there's no way to do this. And I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to, like, this is the one time I'm going to fack anything for a Metroid Dread because I just have to know. And so the game doesn't tell you this, which is another sort of famous metroid history thing there are moves that you will be able to pull off that the game does not tell you about in any way shape or form once you have the screw attack if you start the speed boost and then like flip jump and do a wall jump it will maintain the speed boost through the wall jump Mm -hmm. and so in that room you have to go like a full room away, run across that room and then just execute flawless wall jumps up that entire vertical cave until yep. you get through it. And I was like, what? what? Yep. I, no. There's
1: uh there's one where it's like not okay, it gives you such a small window to run and then you run, you have to save it go down to the next thing drop through some blocks that you have to shoot and then right as your power your your shine spark's about to disappear you have to shine spark into a uh, an incline which will then cause you to start speed boosting again and then jump down da- like use your wall jump to jump down speed boost into another incline and then drop down and then speed boost into a wall to get an upgrade and that took me a while
0: <laughs> in in the same way that i played like hollow knight start to finish being being like this is incredible it is very difficult there is no part of metroid dread whether it's storytelling whether it's you know encounters in combat or these sort of ways that you learn to use momentum. Uh, I, all of it feels so fair and earned. Everything feels so fair. And like, yeah, that's the thing. Like it is
1: hard. And like your, you know, your ability to enjoy difficult games. Like that's, that's, you know, that's a taste thing. That's like, Mm -hmm. that's whether or not you want that out of a game. Like that's, that's up to you. But like it, it, never once even when i was like you motherfucker never once was i like cursing it because it was doing something that i felt was yeah like that was unearned or unfair yeah. it, it it was always like i just i can't get my hands to do the thing that i know that my brain needs to do to make this happen uh and then you know 10 deaths later you eventually get there <laughs> <laughs> At least for me, unless you're Anthony and you just like fuck like the fucking wizard so, no, from that that's, Fred that, Savage movie,
0: dude. That's so. The last episode we recorded where we were trying to diagnose my my internal psychological video game maladies, and we're like, either my life has gotten stressful in a way where I just need to play Ubisoft games, or Returnal broke me, and I genuinely think now now I think it. it I think I think something's changed, Dave. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think there's like they're fucking Tobey Maguire looking at his sticky, hairy hands in a Sam Raimi movie, and then he's a spider person. I think that's where I'm at. Because you're the, gonna be a Souls guy now, is that? I don't. That, I don't know what. Is that what you need? Look, this is an exciting period of experimentation for me. <laughs> <laughs> but like the, the the fact that like the most deeply pleasurable, exciting game experiences I've had this year were beating a Ghosts and Goblins game, tearing through Returnal like it was nothing. Like... like, Not
1: just... not And, like, that game's not just, like, a hard game. That's a roguelike, sir.
0: Right! (laughs) And, and like, I... And everybody, like, can just go see on... uh, We documented the last time I did this, just no deathing the entire first act of the game. (laughs) And not... No, it's not like a. I. that I, 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 something happened. This is just how I play. And by the way, I played ninety-five percent of Metroid Dread handheld. I wasn't doing this with like a pro controller on my TV. That's right. You.
1: You got your fancy. That's
0: my my. my I got my. I got my. Uh, my my wild Nintendo loves money boondoggle. All
1: right, yo, my mine was the fifty dollar N sixty four controller that they just dropped. Yeah, I'm not uh, buying that expansion pack though. Fuck that. Fuck that, dude. Forty dollars for the family? <laughs>
0: you oh motherfuckers, douchebags. Uh, so before we match, it like, wrap up the dread thing, the story stuff very quickly. If you had told me prior to this game's release that Mercury Steam and Yoshi Sakamoto decided to make Samus literally into a Metroid, I would have been like, fuck Nintendo <laughs> and put my <laughs> Switch in the garbage.
1: But it's so cool
0: well and earned. It's so well-earned. Well, and just tonally, it,
1: it's interesting because like you think about that era of Nintendo mm-hmm. and how it was very much trying to be this like, Oh, we're going to have a Nintendo concert and Evanescence is headlining. <laughs> and like, like, oh, we're going to get Stuff Magazine to host Nintendo events uh, right. where you could play me- Metroid prime uh look the game queue fits for adults like the, just the weird sort of like and like the rest of the industry was going through that too like prince of persia warrior within where it's like dude you get to listen to god smack while the prince has like tribal tattoos and everything's like dark and red i was just gonna like, say everything's like, very
0: moody peak soul patch era peak right, Soul Patch yeah. era. but
1: this game because like the story of dread like uh this was a game that was supposed to come out on the ds Mm-hmm. Like, like the, there were reports back in the early 2000s of a game called Metroid Dread that was supposed to come out, like, 20 years ago. Dude, dude, it. Not, not, well, longer than that. Not, or, not, as, not that long. Like, 15 years ago. It, something like that. It wasn't and rumors. Nintendo, it
0: wasn't rumors. It was on their list of E3 2005, oh, 2005 right. games. It was, go, like, Nintendo was, like, at E3 2005, Metroid Dread. <laughs> and then it just got put on a shelf. Yep. And then,
1: like now, you play it, and it's like, oh, this like, like you could see this game in 2005 really leaning into the like edge lordiness yes. of like Samus yes. becoming a Metroid, and you know, like, oh shit, it's all done because it is. It's it's totally. Like all of the Metroid games are like creepy and and like that Nintendo Nintendo makes it. What if Nintendo made an H R Giger game? You know, like like it's creepy, but it's not. Um, yeah, I mean, like But, like this game is like legit. Like it, 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 it's oppressive. Like it. Like the, there's a like when I play, there's a pressure I felt on my chest as I moved through this this world and just like everything wants to kill you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Everything wants to kill you and yet none of it none of it feels dishonest or corny. And that that really surprised me. Having played through all of the Lords of Shadow games I am uh, uh, Mercury Steam making uh, something that didn't feel corny uh, seemed very improbable to me. (laughs) and
1: well yeah. i think i think you know like the there's always the the story of there's that story of how like retro studios before nintendo came along was like a frat house basically that right. was like just a bunch of dudes slacking off and like fucking around with like playboy magazines and then you know uh like was it yoshio what's his name so Saka- it
0: was uh it was sakamoto wasn't the one who stepped in with retro it was Tanabe okay Uh, but like them
1: like him and like other nintendo suits coming like you gotta
0: get your we have to fix this
1: (laughs) and i like like part of me thinks that like that that happened with mercury steam too yeah because like you could see like samus returns wasn't perfect but the 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 something was getting honed there yes it was definitely a better game than like the castlevania the the mirror of fate game that they made markedly (laughs) Uh, yeah and then yeah this is them like okay they're like nintendo came in and whipped these people into
0: shape or something i don't know i didn't know this until today but prior to recording i was like i'm gonna go and like read up on the samus returns era like press junkets and interviews with Yoshio Sakamoto and see like what they were saying at the time and I want to know a little bit more about Mercury Steam and so the way Mercury Steam they like got involved was Sakamoto wanted to make a new Metroid after Other M and even Sakamoto like if you read these interviews they're interested he's very circumspect he's like yeah Other M was an an experiment that didn't quite go like I wanted it to (laughs) And I'm like, dude, you got Team Ninja'd hard, son. Yeah, I feel uh, Sometimes it's what you bought. Sometimes it's. He's not the one who directed those cutscenes, kids. <laughs> the people that made Rachel and Ninja Gaiden and Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball 3 oh, they're the ones man. who directed those. Uh, so he, he said, yeah, like, I was shown a copy of Mirror of Faith that Lords of Shadow 3DS game and he said it was rough but you could see you know people with the potential for this type of game and at the exact same time Mercury Steam had developed internally a like prototype pitch for a remake of Fusion for the 3DS oh. yeah and so they showed their like he went to Spain And checked out their their fusion prototype, and he said, "You know, this is interesting and all, but I think what I want to do is do what we did for Zero Mission, and you know, Metroid Two is the one that you know I did the new thing with Other M. Now I want to go back and revisit one of the old ones. So that's how they ended up doing Samus Returns, and then like while Samus Returns was wrapping up, Sakamoto was like, "All right, well, what I want to do with Dread is possible now. So like." we'll we'll all start working on it together and if you read uh not to get into like the scandal of what's going on with the credits on metroid dread which is really unfortunate uh the too long didn't read there for anybody listening is anybody who worked on less than 25 percent of the game at mercury steam wasn't credited so people that were there for a year out of a four-year development aren't in the credits and that that is
1: really shitty. And like you can see, like, and they're like, "Yeah, I see my work in trailers and gameplay." Yeah, it's a bummer. It's fucked up. It's
0: really a bummer. That said, looking at the credits for Dread and looking at the credits for uh, Samus Returns, a lot more of Nintendo staff uh, worked on Dread than worked on Samus Returns, which is very interesting. Um, you know, that's not to again, that's not to take any credit away from the studio or the the people that did work on it, but i I think it's pretty telling that this was the work of somebody a little bit different. man, I man, it's so good. Also, what happened to my brain, Dave? Yeah, how did I? what happened? Used to be I could only just beat magic sword. That was it <laughs> 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 Now, fucking. uh, very quickly. The OLED's real nice. Uh I'll, yeah. th- I'll throw that out there. Um Dude, I didn't realize this. I didn't put two and two together in my head that the like desirability of video game hardware and software, like, fueled by the pandemic, would result in GameStop actually not offering you garbage money for things anymore.
1: Oh no, yeah, like the the trade credits, especially like
0: the the trade credit situation, especially with like promo stuff, is yeah. a lot. I better. got I so the only reason I got into OLED was I brought in my launch switch and was like, take this. They gave me two hundred and sixty dollars for it. Which Damn. is yeah. Uh like they give me two hundred and sixty dollars. So that and a huge stack of like PS4 trash, uh and by ps4 trash i just mean the complete works of naughty dog i just took all of my naughty oh. dog
1: here i thought you were going to go the other direction and be like so here's galgun here's galgun 2 here's- i'm not getting rid of
0: those Are you kidding me you gotta <laughs> keep on this is going to
1: pay for Lyra's college Come someday.
0: On. uh yeah but like i got i got rid of like the launch version of death stranding um all of my ps4 naughty dog games uh mortal Kombat xl and like it covered an OLED dread, the two dread Amiibo, which are awesome. Uh, a copy of Cruisin' Blast. Oh, Cruise. Okay.
1: So, so this uh, we were talking about this before the show, and I'm gonna say this because I want it to be the show title. But you have to tell me: is that game, is that game actually fun and good, or is it the snakes on a plane of video
0: games? We don't. We don't need to like go too far down this rabbit hole. But as I said to you, I'm not fucking tired of these motherfucking Dreamcast launch titles on my motherfucking Switch, (laughs) because that's all Cruisin' Blast is. If if Cruisin' Blast had been on the shelf on September 9th, 1999, next to uh, next to Ready uh, to Rumble and Marvel vs. Capcom One, Pen Pen Tricelon, I I would have been like, ooh. Because this game looks like a Dreamcast launch title, it sounds like a Dreamcast launch title, it plays like one, there's like not a lot there, and like, honestly, if I hadn't been just using store credit and it was $24, I probably would have been a little pissed, but as it is, like, (laughs) did you enjoy Cruisin' USA when you were a child? Let me ask you that this is that silly there are like it is very fast it is very funny yeah i've Uh, seen some some videos on twitter it looks real dumb it's so dumb like the jumps you will go off a cliff and descend through the air for like a full five or six seconds and when you count out like one two three this is all like a corvette fall in free fall (laughs) <laughs> and then land like in an airport that is exploding and then two giant like ivory white apes are beating the shit out of each other in the background. It is preposterous <laughs> and, and I think I love it. Okay. Yeah.
1: So I, I, think, I think we have officially found the games that Anthony likes yeah, in I, 2021. I guess I'm just <laughs> dumb
0: now. I don't know what I guess I used to come in here and been like, let me tell you about the surrealist genius of Inside. And now I'm like, man, I drove a Corvette through Paris Uh, that the Eiffel Tower fell on me. And then I hit a nitro boost.
1: The the older I get, the more that I realize that, yeah, just like the dumb shit. It's fine. You don't have to. I watched a movie. uh, Rift Tracks did a a thing for a movie called Money Plane starring. Yes, starring Frazier. Starring Frasier and all three Lawrence
0: brothers <laughs> It's awful I've, I've heard it's like the worst set in history too oh, like It dude, looks like they're in a so, denny's It's so bad <laughs> It's clearly like
1: this plane is supposed to be like Multiple gambling rooms on side of a luxury jetliner, and it's literally the same like third <laughs> cutout, but with different lighting, like different color lighting.
0: Yeah,
1: it's so like I looked it up. The budget was like eight hundred thousand dollars, yes. and I have to wonder how much of it went to Thomas Jane and Fraser. Oh my god, it's got Thomas Jane too. It has Thomas Jane. Flying a drone that is not like like a military drone, like you didn't even get like stock footage of a military drone. <laughs> it's literally like a drone you get at like a Target with a nine millimeter
0: handgun taped to the bottom. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I need to see Money Plane now. Yeah. Oh, dude, Cruise and Blast it's- is definitely like. I mean, like, but you look at Money Plane and you're like, this is incompetent. Nothing the, about the mink. The, the Fraser's name is a man, Darius Emmanuel
1: Grouch the yes. Third, A.K.A. the Rumble, <laughs> and he says the like. It's the kind of thing that makes you wonder. Like, do the Lawrence brothers
0: have like dirt on him? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've heard, I've heard one quote from that movie, and it's Kelsey Grammer going, "You want to see a guy fuck a crocodile Fuckin- <laughs> money plane?" And I was money like, "Money plane." I don't need to see the rest of this. I think, but I- you
1: don't actually like it. That doesn't happen. Also, they're not, they're not. None of that happens on the plane. They're actually watching like video footage of like fucked up shit on tablets. So it's like, what's the point of the plane? <laughs> <laughs> also, the other gambling is like they play like the, the 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 movie opens. They're playing poker, and it's like this could have been anywhere. <laughs>
0: Cruise, cruise money blast plane. Is better than money plane let me put it that way also there's crypto there's hunk there, oh, of course there's crypto <laughs> of course that would make actually i would say that would make cruise and blast better as if you didn't get cash you were awarded bitcoin <laughs> for races that'd be that would be the shit right there um so okay we we talked a lot about metroid uh But you've played two things that are really, really interesting, and I'm really excited about both of them. You, so, uh, for some reason, Square Enix remembered that it had weirdos that made games. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Like, we, oh, oh, that's right. Like, we have a lot of people who've made, like, the games that made this company what it is. (laughs) They still work here. like, they're just in that room over there. We could go talk to them
0: anytime. What do they got? What are you doing? What do they, they got in the pocket? And so uh, there is Hiroy- Hiroyuki Ito, the yeah. creator of the Final Fantasy Active Time Battle System, cre- director dire- of six and twelve. This is an amazing designer. Has made a game with a Nobuo Oyamatsu soundtrack called Dungeon Explorers, and then there's also Dungeon Encounters. Dungeon Encounters. It's, Dungeon it's Encounters.
1: very. It's the name is very like like that. You just threw a dartboard at a wall. Well, I like <laughs> I threw a dart at a wall.
0: I, I like I like the like the entire vibe of this presentation is like. Kiryuki Ito is like, here is a game that came out in 1979, but it's just from my brain in 2021. Like, yeah. here's utter simplicity with the most generic name in the world. I, I, so I haven't played it yet. I've downloaded it. I've paid money for this game. W- what the fuck is it? It's
1: neat. It's like, yeah, it is like, like, uh, cause the one thing that a lot of people, Not a lot of people, but, you know, like, the people who kind of follow Square now and, like, know it for Final Fantasy, like, there is a whole slew of games uh, that only came out in Japan. Mm -hmm. uh, They're, like, fan translations of, but, like, that uh, aren't in the vein of Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest. Because those, like, people think of those as, like, the flashpoint of JRPGs. It's like, well, no, there's, like, this whole history of Japanese game companies making games heavily influenced by like dungeons and dragons like uh wizardry or like old like like the basic like games uh based off of like ultima and stuff and uh so this is very much in that vein it's like the game opens up with like a couple paragraphs of text to just set the stage and you start out the first floor it's just a grid and there are some numbers on the grid, and when you walk over the numbers, there are things that they do, like they, each number represents an event. Uh, and you start out by picking from four party members from a list of just random adventurers. Uh, very much in the vein of like those old style, like yeah, like those like D like D and D
0: style RPG games. Are you locked into them? Do you like? Do you have to? Connect? No, you can you can swap them out.
1: Uh, there's a uh, so like I'm only an hour in, and I'm like maybe four floors deep. So like I haven't found like a warp point or anything to get back to this spot, but like this you can't. It it seems like there are heroes that you will encounter throughout the dungeon sure. that you can swap in and out. Also like you can leave party members on floors and like come back and get them later. Cause like when you look at the list of party members, it tells you what floor they're on. And if they're on the same floor as you, you can recruit them within like, huh. if you find the like recruiting spot,
0: why do you, yeah, mean, like why, why would you want to leave somebody behind to make room for another person make, in your okay. party? All right. All
1: right. Yeah uh because the, there, there's like several dozen in this list but you only have access to
0: maybe like 10 of them at the start it's probably the worst game for a trailer in history because oh yeah it's literally like grids yeah it's it swears. it's like a non-descript it fantasy members. character model walking on a scrabble board and yeah, yeah like <laughs> i don't even know what's happening i just heard but yeah about-
1: so y- so you walk along the grid and then what you find is that as you're walking along the grid, like the, the numbers start counting. It's like, boop. It's like you're like five steps away, like five squares away from a new ability point point. and you walk, boop, boop, boop. And then you get the ability point. You're like, okay, well, I don't have any ability. Is what I use these for. And then you step on a number event you hit the button and it tells you, oh, we've granted you the ability to see where enemies are located on the grid. And it takes three ability points. You go into your ability menu and you you can use the ability points that you've just earned to activate it. So now, instead of just white numbers on the grid, there are now black numbers on the grid, which represent enemies. And um, the way that battles work out is, yeah, it's, you know, because it's the guy who made ATB, it's an ATB system. And you have two different types of attacks and two different types of defense. There's physical and magic. And each... uh, attack and defense type has a different number associated with it and then along with that there's hit points so what you're trying to do is you're trying to either whittle the physical or magical defense down to zero and then once you attack that type again with the same type then you start eating away at hit points.
0: That's very Saga Frontiery. Like that's, yeah, that's very Saga Frontiery.
1: It's very, it's very chunky. It's very like, yeah. like crunchy. Very numbers. Very like board gamey. Um, but it doesn't but sound it's, like
0: it's inaccessibly. Like if you if you play Saga Frontier or any of the Saga games the first question you have after a battle is what just happened at all? Right.
1: And like, the the game does introduce you to you, the basics, but there are also like with certain attacks, they're just stat icons. I have no idea what they mean. (laughs) (laughs) And I am at like, I don't know if I just haven't like dug into the tutorial menu enough to like look that up or if the game just hasn't told it to me yet. Mm -hmm. Um, Because there are certain times where you're like, okay, if I use this magic attack against this enemy, I do full damage. But if I use this magic attack, which looks like it should do more damage, it doesn't do as much damage as the number says it should. Hmm. So it's, it's interesting. I'm going to keep, it feels very, it is, it's simple conceptually, but it, i imagine the deeper that you go in the dungeon there's just more to it like i uncovered a riddle as one of the events that's just like hey here's some numbers on a grid figure out what this means and my guess is that the numbers that it wants me to solve represent the like the floor number and the x and y coordinates on the map so i imagine once i get to that floor and i find that spot on the map i'll get something but i don't know what it is, is but the, it's just
0: how are them uematsu tracks are they oh uh, it's
1: like shredding guitar <laughs> i mean
0: <laughs> it's uh, just like, a, like I'm, not uh, always, I'm not always on board with uh uematsu in it's like Motley the, crew it's, mode.
1: yeah it's like like the the van halen song from the mall scene and bill and ted <laughs> it's like that um do
0: you yeah Yeah, like
1: yeah um at least for the battles like the other the other stuff is more like um classic slash like like spanish guitar type stuff uh no it's it is it is very
0: sparse uh i
1: $30 is a
0: lot uh i was able to get get, it for like for $23 on switch right now that's, oh okay, yeah. yeah like I, that's how much
1: I I got it for because I pre-ordered on Steam. Like, and that's the other thing too. Like, uh, if you go through like a uh, third-party reseller like Green Man Gaming or something for if you want a Steam code, they had a special for like a week where you could get it for tw- like you could pre-order it for twenty. Oh, there you go. Which goes, I think yeah. like twenty is like a good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, and I think again, like, like with Act Razor Square knows that it can charge ten dollars more for these games than they should. Sure. Uh, Because I think ActRaiser again, like much better to much better game to swallow at twenty versus thirty. I think this is the same kind of thing. I will
0: also say that ActRaiser is I I I like sort of stalled out because Metroid came out. Mm -hmm. But two two things, (laughs) nothing demonstrates quite how nice the OLED is. Like I was playing ActRaiser and be like this is an even better looking Saturn game than I thought it was. <laughs> Look at all these wonderful details that I couldn't see before. Um, but, like, like ActRacer is a much meatier game than the original was. Uh, yes. Unexpectedly. Like, I balked at that price tag, especially because it looked like, like launching on PSP Go this fall. <laughs> um, but... but <laughs> It's much The Killer App. <laughs> the Killer App. Get this and Twisted Metal Rebirth. Uh it's uh, like much better than that. Like there's, yeah. there's a ton like I've got ten hours in that game and I'm not even close to the end at this point. So there's yeah. there's plenty there. And it sounds and like I think Dungeon the, Dungeon Encounters Encounters. Is, and I think there's gonna be plenty
1: here too. Yeah. Uh, it just like it, it does feel like a game that, you know, just didn't cost a lot of money to make which is right. fine like honestly and like uh i mentioned this to you before i also played the demo of that uh yokotaro card Vo- game voice, voice of, of cards or something. voice of cards colon the, the, the dragon the Yoko isle isle Taro nonsense sings. yeah uh and yeah it's like yokotaro writing and directing and the i forget the guy's name but the guy who did the music Kei for nier yep yeah yep. it's the whole crew and they're making a game where everything is cards it's like what if you made a jrpg like final fantasy but instead of pixel grids it's like you have a little pawn and you move down and the card flips over to show you what the path is and you move down and it like flips over more cards all the dialogue is presented in cards the combat is like your it's typical jrpg turn-based combat but all of your abilities are on cards um it's really neat and it's like it's very clear that again like i don't it, it looks like a game that did not cost a lot to make yeah but it's one of those things where it's like it, it it feels like the kinds of games that square used to make in the ps1 era where it was just like oh just what do you got yeah like the gold rush of the ps1 era where it was just like throw everything to a wall and see what sticks and that's how you get ein and like fucking chocobo racing yeah and, yeah, and, and it's like, you know, not everything works. Everything's just kind of weird and maybe doesn't feel quite right, but it's interesting, and it's like people, at least, they're just trying something. And I will take this version of Square Enix any day over The Quiet Man. Or
0: Disney's, Marvel's, Viacom's, The Avengers. I, mean, I don't
1: even I don't even count their, like, Western division, because yeah, they're Western, they're just doing whatever i just mean like
0: yeah idos is not square enix it doesn't matter how long that they've been gone but mm -hmm, like the
1: quiet man or left alive where it's like clearly the same kinds of projects where it's like we have x amount of dollars it's not a lot you have two years to make this what do you got Mm -hmm. and they're trying to like punch way above their weight yeah uh trying to make these like triple a games with like no money uh
0: don't no don't do it yeah honestly if left alive had been like made in a style like act razor uh act razor renaissance i think it probably like that game type like if you were like make
1: it make make it
0: make it the
1: same kind of game but
0: make it like grid based and turn based and like you would still make a weird Po- like robot apocalypse stealth game. Yeah. But just don't try to make it look like fucking Metal Gear. Are you crazy? Right. Cuz yeah. <laughs> you don't have the yeah. money for that. Uh they got Yoji Shinkawa. They they went and got, they, <laughs> they, got really the <laughs> they got the guy. They got the guy. They got the guy. I it's really funny to like we're having this conversation where, like yeah, like you're going to get like a chunky game for 20 25 bucks. And I know that some people are like, fuck a Metroid Drive and fuck a post $60 for a 10 hour game. And it's like, do you guys. The,
1: the, the, the tweets of people like fucking, man, video game weirdos. Oh, yeah. I will never understand. People the are like, worst. the Nintendo $60 game and here's God of War. It's a Sony $60 game. It's like, who cares? Shut shut, uh, <laughs> shut. shut. But like. Shouldn't everyone be happy that like we're getting. Like like the people are making these sorts of games and like they aren't charging
0: more? But also I don't know. <laughs> also like with Metroid, like what part of your idiotic tiny brain turns that game on and thinks like, wow, they they didn't really put a lot of effort into this. Like the level of yeah. polish and techno- technological like fucking wizardry. They got
1: that thing to run sixty frames a second on a system that is Functionally push, ten a, years on old. On a
0: chip that is pushing ten years old. Right, and it is—it looks insane. Like some of the the graphical tricks of what they did. Like I I know that people don't come to continue to listen to Dave and I rant about you know the the, the no the this technology. is like the digital foundry so, side right. podcast this like this is, is not, <laughs> it's over here now yeah but will
1: like, talk about bespoke frames and
0: I I would look at certain scenes where you're like in an area where sun is coming through like slats and it almost looks like there are dust motes. Mm -hmm. And Digital Foundry actually was like, how they got that, like, it's not a pure particle effect, because the switch is not powerful enough to do that kind of particle effect effectively. It would make the whole scene run like shit. So they used a film grain filter in just that part, and that film grain filter is creating the slight effect. That's so... it's right it's clever that's fucking awesome and that's what happens when you commit four years (laughs) to making a game like that I just
1: I I really
0: do I I don't don't know
1: like it's marketing it's like you know the weird tribalism that's existed since like the 80s and 90s and stuff and all this like but like just how much of video games is literally just like like designing a theme park you know yeah, like how like how much of it is smoke and mirrors and stuff like I was watching a Bioshock speedrun the other day and it's like okay so because you know that opening part of Bioshock where you get in the bathysphere and it takes you it's like rapture and you see the like the city and stuff and it's like well the thing is is that what they do to shave a few seconds off of that sequence is that they clip out. Side right as the door is closing so they're standing on top of it oh because because the thing is is like once the bathysphere lands where it's supposed to be the guy uh like you're allowed to move around again so you can just jump off the bathysphere and go rather than wait for it to open up but the side effect of that is that you can look around 360 degrees at stuff that the designers never meant for you to see so you're like yeah that there's just a squid hanging out over there it's just hanging out in place, and as soon as they hit the trigger point, then it starts like moving. That's awesome. Uh, and then once it moves off screen, it stops again. Oh man! And you're just like, well, yeah, because again, like, why animate that if right. no one is meant to see it? And I like these people. I just feel like they don't understand that. Like,
0: one of my this is what
1: games are. It's 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 finding clever ways to solve those problems and to do that takes money i used to just
0: (laughs) i used to just stare at this but one of my very favorite things that i've ever seen in a video game in my entire life is a skybox in resident evil 4 and so when you get to the castle sequence in resident Mm -hmm. evil 4 there's a portion like once you've been inside for a little while and you're dealing with like the monks and the different you know like monk enemy types in that you get to a place where there is a window to the outside and it gives you the effect that all of this sort of, you know, atmosphere in resident evil four does. It's like this murky gray sky and it's, it's, there's no reason to stop in this hallway or to look out the window. If you choose to though, you can look out the window and it's like finding an Edward Gorey ink drawing in the middle of this like high end, GameCube action game because there is no detail to the skybox. There's zero detail. It's just like shades of gray Mm -hmm. and then scribbles of black at the bottom where there is supposed to be the impression of a tree line. And I like admittedly when Resident Evil 4 came out I smoked a lot of weed. Uh, (laughs) So I stopped and was like whoa.
1: Look at that.
0: They made it seem like there's a sky but there's no sky <laughs> <laughs> and that's incredible like that's like, like a perfectly economical creation of art um, you don't need the Rick McCollum there's so much detail yeah. in every frame um, yeah video games are amazing is the short and long of it uh, which is not what I was saying on the last episode of this show Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the last episode of the show, we were trying to figure out why I'm broken, and because apparently I'm just a masochist now, and it's yeah. it's ghosts and goblins and Returnal and Metroid Dread boss fights. You're
1: gonna play. You're gonna play Darkest Dungeon now, aren't I'm you? I'm just gonna, like, gonna go play Cuphead
0: and be like, hi. I didn't. I, gonna, why not did everyone think this is so hard? There's no death, Cuphead. <laughs> it's weird, uh, <laughs> Dave. Who who caused this? Who's responsible? The responsible parties
1: are our Patreon backers. Patreon.com slash continue podcast. Uh, we appreciate any and all support that you give us. It pays the bills, keeps the lights on, uh, and allows us to talk about... cruise. Uh,
0: Cruises!
1: God. It's the best. Yeah. How about that tr- that tr- trail uh, trials fusion song? Oh my god!
0: <laughs> Welcome to the future. It goes on for six minutes. It's so good. It's a six minute long song. All right, uh, all right. We we need we
1: need more of those songs and games. I think just like the Daytona. Yes. The, anyway, uh, so I'm gonna give a special shout out to our shout out level backers now. Shout outs to Toast. Doom Cow, Adam Gauntlet, Adam Condra, Michael Coffey, The Fancy Manatee, Stormshot, Double Taco, Matthew Peters, Denton Brock, Gluttony1of7, Eric Van Quill, Frank Sands, Tyler Nilsen, Shane Nilsen, Yaddle, Ryan Brady, Jacob Christos, Chris Cook, Skip Dippity, Ryan Mance, Canonical, Tom Coveney, Nick Grugan. (laughs) Thank you. Thank
0: you very much. Thank you for giving us uh, the opportunity to talk about money plane um
1: (laughs) it's like it's algorithmically generated
0: by a computer (laughs) and then netflix optioned it i so anybody anybody listening who thinks to themselves i would like to become a backer of the show we would love that you go to patreon.com slash continue podcast you can back us it does enormously help all of us uh commit the time and the the uh the game cash to talk about this stuff on the show. Well, you know
1: ser- servers cost money Servers. we got to ho- yeah.
0: host those pods somewhere got to host those pods somewhere but if you can't just share the show with somebody it, it like always i love i love when somebody pops up in our discord who's never been there before and just says like hi and it's so exciting because everybody's like yay one of us one (laughs) of us
1: new person (laughs) uh
0: but yeah so share share the show uh please and um you can follow us uh in various places you go to twitter.com slash continue pod uh dave uh, infrequently streams these days at twitch.tv slash continue podcast and i swear to god it's real many of you know this now we have a t-shirt it finally we happened. Do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Only after, after multiple
1: uh, accounts, yeah, closures there, and openings. There was no...
0: No, it's all the same account. There was no explanation at all. Etsy was just like, no, it's closed. Why? It's closed forever. But why is it closed? <laughs> How dare you talk back to us? Never email <laughs> us again. Uh, okay. Two days later, stores open. What? What changed, Etsy? Uh, but we we've got some folks posting pictures of themselves in the shirts they say it sounds disrespectful but it comes from a place of love they're made by our inestimable uh uh producer bill seagroves who's a wonderful human being um you can check them out just go to uh, the continue twitter account you'll find the link you can also follow me at a john agnello i tweeted out the link a couple of times you can find it there or i'll post it in the show notes too or go to the Discord. Check it out. Uh, Dave, where can people find you? You can
1: find me on Twitter at David Robots. Uh, I, so, it sucks because, like, I like being on there and talking with my friends, but also I need to st- stop using my phone like a fidget spitter mm. of depression. Yeah. Uh, so, I deleted it from my phone, so I'm not on Twitter as actively as I used to be, but I'm still there. You can follow me. It's fine. Yep. It's It's been very, dude... Getting Twitter off my phone and going for walks every day has been weird. <laughs> that going for a walk every day and like getting a modicum amount of exercise is uh, bountiful to one's physical and mental health.
0: Yeah. It's funny. It's how... hel-
1: helping a lot.
0: It's uh, I it's it's,
1: it's <laughs>
0: fucking assholes. <laughs> yeah, they don't they don't want good they don't, tell you that. They don't want good things for you. They don't. They want you angry. That's what they want. Uh, But anyway, we don't want you angry, everybody. We will see you much sooner than we usually do uh, to get the show back on schedule. We're going to be recording one week from now, and we're going to be doing our annual uh, horror movie commentary Spookums. We're going to do the spookums. uh, So look forward to it. I have no uh, idea what we're watching. I have no idea either. I'm kind of feeling like we should go campy. Like we've done like legit scary the past couple of years, and like, what if we did like Texas Chainsaw like, uh, Massacre two, when it gets really goofy? <laughs> yeah, think John Carpenter. Anyway. Oh man, See, I've, I've never, never seen Christine. Uh, would Christine be a good one? Maybe we could do they. Live. I've never.
1: I've. I've also never seen Halloween.
0: No, we're watching um, Halloween. Never mind. That's I've, it. No, Dave. I've only really
1: ever it? seen like his weird like sci-fi never, stuff. Now
0: we're going to watch Halloween. Never mind. We're watching Halloween. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's. I hadn't seen Halloween until a couple of years ago, so you're you're in good company. Um, okay. All right, to one week, everybody. We'll, we'll figure it week. out. It may
1: be a completely different movie by the time we actually we, talk we to we Susan. come She's in. Like she'll she'll like no, we're watching this. Like okay, well you're the expert.
0: It's Saw nine. Ah, oh, I didn't see oh. that coming. <laughs> we're we're just gonna live stream the Konami Saw video game. That's what's what, best. <laughs> all right.